And just to follow up on uh, the increase in attacks on the Asian American community in the U.S., uh, uh, to get a sense of what are some of the legal ramifications in the aftermath of the Atlanta shootings, we are pleased to be joined by B.J. Pak. He is a Korean American partner at Alston and Bird, also a former U.S. attorney based in Atlanta. Hello. Hello. Sir, thank you very much for joining us. First, could you give us your thoughts uh, on the investigation and the response from the local communities in the aftermath? I understand you are working with the victim's family. That's correct. Um, The investigation is continuing, but I think it's coming to a a, a close. Uh, Currently, the law enforcement officials have interviewed the defendant, and um, during a press conference, they did kind of relay some of the messages uh, or or some of the statements made by the defendant. Um, The defendant is claiming that he committed these acts uh, of murder uh, due to a certain type of a sexual addiction. Hmm. Um, But in the community, there's there's a a widespread belief that this was racially motivated because the fact that he targeted Asian uh, businesses and majority of the victims in this case are, in fact, Asian-American women. Um, the community is still grieving. Uh, we just started uh, having funerals of the victims uh, in, in town, and th- that will continue to the end of the week. And my my clients, uh, who are the sons of uh, Ms. young Yu. Um, who was killed at the Aroma Therapy Spa, um, they are devastated. Um, they are really having a hard time uh, as they continue to make plans to bury their mother, who was very close to them, um, this Friday. And I, I really want to get your thoughts, because uh, as a former USA and somebody who, uh, among the prosecutor ranks, it's, it's probably a different situation than these local DAs who often uh, are charged with trying to come up with uh, what crimes to charge these various defendants on. Uh, as you well know, there's been a lot of anger as to the relative leniency given to, uh, let's say, uh, cops who have been accused of brutality, uh, particularly uh, in the aftermath of the Joy Floyd murder. The police here... Um, there, there's been a lot of uh, criticism as to the way they've been treating this perpetrator with perhaps a bit more empathy than they might have uh, if the victim was um, someone else, maybe not a, a white uh, alleged perpetrator. It, that, the idea that he's had a bad day, that um, you know, we do not see at this time any uh, racially motivated uh, problems uh, with his uh, actions— it it does seem like there is a bit of a dichotomy, but from a person who formerly used to prosecute these kind of cases, what do you think are going to be some of the legal arguments going forward? Well, first of all, I think those are very um, poor choice of words when describing the summary of the defendant's interview. Um, when I was United States Attorney, I did not uh, permit or encourage law enforcement officials to talk about specific statements by the defendant mm-hmm. uh, for this exact reason. Um, with respect to the actual charges and the laws that might apply, uh, the federal government statute is actually a little bit less applicable than the state statutes right. here. The federal government, under the hate crimes law, Section um, 249 of Title 18, requires a willful act. Um, that's uh, based on race, sex, or other perceived um, race or sex uh, classification. Um, 
So it makes it a higher threshold of types of evidence you need to convict them. Uh, the state level, however, the Georgia hate crime state statute is relatively new. It was just passed last year. Mm-hmm. And it's a sentencing enhancement. And uh, so the underlying charge of murder, he's currently uh, charged with eight counts of murder and uh, assault with a deadly weapon. And uh, the, if they were to find evidence to support that the, this shooting and these kill, this killing spree was motivated by race or sex, they can ask for the enhancement. But under Georgia law, however, because the maximum penalty that he's facing and probably the minimum as well if he's convicted is uh, potential death penalty and also, uh, at, at the very least, uh, life without parole, that even a conviction under the head cramp statute or the enhancement would add only the symbolic, uh, you know, a symbolism right. for the community that they are, in fact, protected. And what are your plans um, uh, in pursuing this and helping these, uh, the, the victim's family in the next uh, coming days? Well, under the Crime Victims' Rights Act and my representation, I'm going to make sure that our clients have all their procedural and notification rights and insert um, their input into every aspect of the case, starting with um, uh, you know, the charging decisions. We are, in fact, making plans to meet with the district attorney in the case, uh, in particular Ms. Young's uh, Ms. Yu's case, actually, uh, is under the jurisdiction of Fulton County District Attorney's Office. Uh, I will be present there to uh, evaluate uh, their decision-making and perhaps um, uh, suggest things and, and in addition to reflect the wishes of my clients uh, in terms of charging and the case going forward. And that's my immediate plan, and if necessary, we will file um, actions to intervene in the case as the case goes forward and also make sure that the court uh, hears the wishes of the, the clients and the victim families in this case. We definitely appreciate you uh, spend, uh, spending this time with us. Obviously, everyone here in Korea pays condolences uh, to the victims. And best of luck to you, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. That was BJ Park, a, a Korean-American lawyer uh, at Alston and Bird, also former U.S. attorney in Atlanta, representing uh, one of the victims' families of that Atlanta mass shooting. Uh, joining us here in the studio for the Daily News Briefing is Tremira Mira. Thank you for waiting patiently. Good morning to you. Good morning, Henry. We are going to begin with the uh, vaccine rollout, particularly uh, the president, Moon Jae-in, and the first lady, Kim Jong-suk, receiving their first dose of the AstraZeneca COVID-19. This occurred a couple of days ago. This was on Tuesday, and it was a, uh, a significant symbolic event because it was the first day that the uh, aged population of 65 and over mm-hmm. were to be first eligible to receive their shots. And it was also a very uh, public show of the safety of the AstraZeneca vaccine. It's good enough for the president, so it should be good enough for the rest of us. Uh, but unfortunately, it does look like this extreme right-wing sort of rumor-mongering mm-hmm. that's been going on and helped by uh, maybe conservative media right now um, is spreading these uh, spurious claims that he did not receive the shot. That was somehow mm-hmm. switched at the last minute during mm-hmm. the injection process. This has uh, become a serious enough problem that the KDC has requested a police investigation. That's right. The rumor was sparked by a video footage of the president and first lady being given the AstraZeneca vaccine. And in the video, a nurse extracts a dose into a syringe after removing a cap on it and then goes behind a partition and comes back to administer the shot to the president. 
But when she comes back from the partition, the syringe has a cap on, which sparked rumors that his shot was switched uh, to possibly a Pfizer shot behind the partition. And those who spread the rumor about the vaccine swap asked the district, of, uh, district office of Chungno, where the president got the shot, to release related information, including CCTV footage, to reveal the truth. But Chungno district office said this is an absolute ludicrous assertion because the public health center at which the president received the shot doesn't even have the ultra-cold chain storage that Pfizer vaccine requires. And they did everything by the book when giving the vaccine to the president. The KDCA said that uh, normally the vaccine is injected right after it is being extracted into a syringe. But in the case of the president's inoculation, there was some time lag uh, due to a photo call. So the nurse had to put a cap in the meantime to prevent contamination and then took it off right before the injection. But these explanations have failed to subside the rumors. So the, the health authorities asked for an investigation by Daegu police. The KDCA spokesperson Ko Jae-young uh, told reporters yesterday that the, the agency requests the police investigation into the claims because they could cause public anxiety and confusion, and Daegu police uh, immediately opened an internal investigation. Right. And, and let's be very clear now. Uh, they're not... The police are not investigating to see if there's a, a, a validity to the fact that the mm-hmm. shot is um, falsely, uh, you know, being changed at the last minute. The problem here is it is a very serious case of rumor mongering that not just is something that's meant to, you know, hurt the president's reputation or um, have him lose more popularity. It's really very serious in the sense that this causes more vaccine confusion and anxiety and skepticism mm-hmm. that more and more people may decide not to get the vaccine, and that just is not good for the overall goal of achieving herd immunity Mm. so that we all can get back to normal lives. And so it's a very serious issue. You should be able to uh, criticize the president for real estate policy, for this uh, LH scandal happening under the administration, maybe for the economic situations. But these kind of things are really unnecessary. They go overboard. And I think for a lot of these uh, extreme right-wingers, it's it's possible there's going to be a backlash against this mm. kind of kind of uh, spurious uh, sort of um, mudslinging. Let's get, speaking of mudslinging, let's get back to the uh, mayoral races that are going on right now. It is officially now a, a two-way race, essentially, uh, in Seoul with the two major candidates, the former Seoul mayor, Oh Se-hoon, against the ruling party candidate, the former SME's minister, Park Young-sun. And it looks like, at least for the opposition, they they are trying to make a big show of force that they are unified to try to win against the ruling party. Yes, the conservative opposition side is mustering their full force to beat out the ruling Democratic Party candidate Park Yong-san in the upcoming Seoul mayoral by-election. They appointed An Chol-su, uh, the minor opposition People's Party leader who lost to Oh Se-hoon in public opinion polls conducted to determine a single candidate of the opposition side, and Kim Tae-sop, a former DP lawmaker who An uh, defeated during a third primary uh, as co-head of the election polling committee yesterday and had an election strategy meeting together. And with the opposition side strengthening its anti-Moon Jae-in and anti-government consolidation, Oh Se-un strongly criticized the current government by using some harsh words. 
He referred to President Moon Jae-in as a dictator during a press conference yesterday, saying uh, Moon is trying to split up and divide the public, which is exactly what a dictator does. And as for the ruling party candidate Park Yong-sun, uh, Oh said she is highly likely to follow President Moon's dictator-like behavior and called Park Yong-sun a populist that wins uh, people's hearts with money and Moon Jae-in's avatar. And Kim Tae-sop at the main opposition PPP's election committee meeting said that this election uh, is an opportunity to revive rational and reasonable politics. And An Chol-su came to the meeting wearing a red tie, a color that represents the PPP, and pledged his full support to keep his promise with Seoul citizens. Right. So they are showing a united front. It looks like uh, they are trying to capitalize on the so-called convention bounce uh, Mm, from the consolidation process. But now it is going to be a one-on-one battle. And uh, we can finally see, uh, at least uh, in terms of the politics being, do you like this person versus do you like this person? A Mm -hmm. much more clear binary choice, which hasn't been the case up till now because everyone's so focused on this whole Tanilha or consolidation issue. We'll talk about this more during our TM Views segment. We're going to turn to Pusan now. Again, that one was a race that we thought Pretty much the opposition guaranteed to win because of the uh, kind of sentiments in uh, Busan and that originally being a conservative stronghold. However, there are some twists and turns here, and the conservative candidate is really finding it difficult to try to explain every single allegation that's been leveled against him, and there are quite a lot. This one, now... um, one of the many, but one of the later ones mm-hmm. is that Park Kyung-jun is accused of failing to report one of the unregistered properties that were owned by his wife, wife during the asset uh, reporting period. That's right. Uh, Park Kyung-jun, a former PPP lawmaker who is leading the public opinion polls for the Busan mayoral election by a large margin, uh, he is accused of failure to report an unregistered building sitting on a 699-square-meter land in Kijang-gun in uh, Busan. It turns out that although the construction of the building was completed in 2017, it still remains unregistered. The building is owned by his wife and was excluded from his asset disclosure. And according to Busan Election Committee, Park admitted that the property was missing from his asset list and asked the committee to revise his asset report. And Park's election camp released a statement yesterday that and said uh, the building is unregistered due to some administrative errors, but it is a licensed building reported to the competent authority, and Park and his wife have paid related taxes. They also said Park has never attempted to sell the property because he plans to uh, build a gallery to exhibit artist Kim Jong-hak's artworks on the land, and the building is now being used as Kim Jong-hak's studio. The ruling DP floor leader Kim Tae-yeon, who is now doubling as an acting chairman of the party, said that he cannot believe what Park said because uh, it doesn't make any sense that he has failed to register a building worth more than 1 billion won out of a simple mistake. And Kim also said uh, Park Kyung-jun keeps telling lies just as his previous boss and former president Lee Myung-bak did, and false as a report is a grave violation of election law that would result in invalidity. 
Yeah, uh, Osewon has some similar problems with the uh, Negokdong land acquisition, and so there seems to be sort of a similar pattern that we've seen with um, the former president Im Young-bak and the way he kind of conducted his business activities and how his close aides sort of follow a similar mm. pattern, at least with the allegations that have been raised against him. And uh, you're talking about this one issue of not reporting this one uh, plot of land in Kijanggun, but we're, we're not even addressing the LCT's issues. There have mm, been more yeah. re- revelations coming out on that. There were art exhibitions within the lobby of those buildings that apparently uh, a company run by his mm. son. Uh, we haven't talked about the surveillance issues when he was uh, a part of the Blue House and under his watch, there are uh, many things to kind of peel out of this onion that seems to kind of have an unending kind of layer after layer after layer of corruption allegations. And so perhaps by the time the election comes, they'll get through all the layers Mm. of the onion, but it doesn't seem like they're done yet. Let's talk about the National Assembly now because they did pass some pretty significant legislation, some legal revisions that now require public officials, and this is going to be mindful to a lot of people like Park Hyung-jun and Oh Se-hoon, uh, public officials uh, in terms of real estate related to disclosing their asset list. And this is, of course, in the backdrop of the ongoing LH scandal, which has enraged so many people of the public. Yes, the National Assembly held a plenary session yesterday to pass a set of so-called LH Act or LH Pangjipa. And three out of five bills were passed yesterday, including a revision to the Public Servants Ethics Act that would require all of the public workers dealing with real estate-related assignments to report their asset list. Currently, the the requirement is applied only to high-ranking government officials. And another bill that got the parliamentary nod yesterday is a revision to the Special Act on Public Housing. And under the revision, a public servant who leaks insider information concerning state-led property development projects or who buys and sells uh, real estate Uh, based on such information, could be subject to a sentence of up to life in prison. And under the revised Korea Land and Housing Corp Act, uh, both current and former LH employees could uh, face up to a five-year imprisonment or a fine amounting to as much as five times the profits they take if they use insider information for real estate transactions. Right, so they definitely wanted to pass this legislation legislation as quickly as possible to kind of quell the public anger. Mm. Also on that front to quell the public anger is the uh, aggressiveness of this police investigation uh, regarding the LA scandal. It has amounted to nearly 400 individuals, including three incumbent lawmakers. That's right. A government investigation team said a total of 398 people are now under probe for 89 related cases as of yesterday. And they include 85 public servants, including three incumbent lawmakers, 19 uh, city and district council members, and two former and current high-ranking government officials, including a former head of the National Agency for Administrative City Construction. The investigation team leader Choi Seung-yeol pledged an impartial probe regardless of their status or position and said he and his team will work hard to uh, retrieve all of the ill-gotten gains. Right, and that is the LH situation. Meanwhile, uh, we have the situation in Gyeonggi province. Some government officials there and the Gyeonggi Housing and Urban Development Corporation, which 
is known as GH, uh, have not agreed to provide their personal information regarding the inter- internal probe, again, related to the LH scandal. Yes, that's right. Uh, Gyeonggi-do is now conducting an internal investigation on all Gyeonggi government and GH employees, as well as their family members, to clarify their asset list. Out of 1,347 employees, 19 people did not provide any information about themselves or their family members. And Gyeonggi government said uh, it considers such actions as hiding their corruption and giving up on public trust and also said it will provide the police a list of their names for further investigation. Right. The uh, Gyeonggi governor right now, Lee Jae-myung, has been very aggressive in this. He's basically mm. called for a complete blanket white probe into all yeah. the uh, officials uh, working under his uh, watch uh, to make sure that there has not been any speculative uh, behavior going on. But as you see, um, this raises some concerns because uh, it starts a precedent where a lot of the other employees at these public institutions, right now we're focusing on LH, but it could go forward where you might feel that you have an argument to make about these are unjust kind of um, Mm. investigations and why am I being targeted? I don't have to give this information up if I don't want to, if I'm not compelled to. Uh, These people obviously have this difference of opinion here. The problem here being is that the public demand for transparency on this issue there's a difficult balance between a lot of people who feel I'm just the 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 wife of this mm. husband who's working at this corporation, and all of a sudden, why are you, why are you looking into my assets? We mm. didn't do anything wrong, but um, that is just unfortunately the cruel reality of the situation. Now, if you happen to be uh, one of these employees, uh, you are going to probably have to cooperate this eventually or face some other kind of punitive action. All right. Well, uh, we certainly went through uh, a lot of these developments. And as always, Mira, uh, we appreciate the hard work. Uh, Thank you very much for uh, joining us. And we will talk to you again next week. Thank you.